Hello and welcome to the Mike's F-Top Journey podcast. Now let's examine the backstory of MFUJ vocalist and second guitarist Slateman. Yeah, we know you don't want to, but that's kind of the point. He was always the unwanted one. The sad, twisted tale of Slateman, the forgotten brother. Okay, maybe not so sad, he is a bit of a jerk. We've already told you about how Brick created Mike's F-Top journey. Well, Slate's story is heavily intertwined with Brick's. And no, it wasn't just contrived to give Brick a nemesis. Slate wasn't always the tattooed, foul-mouthed, bearded nuisance that he is today. He used to not have tattoos or a beard. Remember how he told you that Brick didn't remember much about his childhood? Well, that's because he had a twin brother growing up. A rebellious, slightly violent twin, who was so jealous of all the attention Brick received that he once tried to smash Brick's skull against a wall. Yeah, that was Slate. Brick lost years of his memory, and Slate was locked away in a cell in a place where he could never harm anyone again. A place called Elsewhere. was busy with his journey towards becoming a guitar hero. Or something equally trite and corny as that. Slate was slowly going insane in his dark cell. As if he weren't already crazy. Of course, this wouldn't be much of a story if he remained that way forever. One day, when he was busy singing bad hard rock songs to himself, a shadowy figure snuck into his cell and began filling his mind with thoughts of revenge. It was at this point that Slate gathered enough resolve to break out of his rusty cage and track down Brick to seek vengeance for losing so many years of his life. Once free, he attempted to steal Brick's beloved blue guitar, 
which had been given to him by their father. But he was thwarted when he was caught sneaking out of the OTU offices. Brick confronted Slate about the theft, and the two of them were close to breaking into a massive melee until Gmod stopped them and got Slate to sign on and be the lead vocalist for what was now called Mike's effed up journey. Brick was of course upset at the decision. Unfortunately, he was trapped in a four-record contract from which he could not escape. He just had to deal with it. Have I really just been banished? Do you expect me to just banish? My father, my brother, my family have extinguished all my dreams eternally. Walking out the gates of the OTU, left without guitar, no love to. Staring at the window, they're leering at me. They've been scheming to take everything from me. Oh yeah. Recording sessions for Mike's Effed Up Journey's debut album did not go smoothly. Brick and Slate split up to record their individual tracks. Slate had Slate's theme, Slate's reprise, Slate man, yeah, he was a bit narcissistic, and banished. Brick wrote Brick's theme, her theme, parts 1 through 3, gonna listen to some Pink Floyd, Rant, Portal to the Abyss, and Byzantium, part 2. Things were best, however, when the whole band came together to write the album's most enduring tracks. Byzantium, lyrics by William Butler Yeats, Cockroach-Colored Wings, and I Don't Want to Be the Same. Sky falling down, everything lost its sense Feeling very lonely, my lids are so tense Don't ever wanna be the same man I was before Don't ever wanna be the man you met before I don't wanna be the man you met before Of course, tensions did not decrease when they worked on their later albums, but eventually the band was able to keep Slate sedated enough that he was only a danger to himself, but not to others. Once they were free of their contract, after they completed their fourth LP, Love, Death, Loss and Redemption, and departed from Gmod's grip, Slate seemed to have mellowed out completely. Or had he? Depressed that Shadow badmouthed his novel so viciously in the previous episode, editor's note, 
How's that for continuity? Brick fell asleep at his desk, watching reruns of Everybody Hates Chris. After a confusing sprint through a fictional composite of Bed-Stuy and Times Square, Brick found himself on the Upper East Side, where, for some reason, there were medieval Scottish ruins instead of Central Park. He approached a small crowd and found out there was a maze contest, where contestants had to get to the center of a ruined castle and out quicker than anyone else. Intrigued, Brick signed up. The contest began and he wandered through the cracked halls of the old estate. Ancient oak doors, crumbling limestone, and rusted iron chains hung from the walls as he stepped over and through the broken sculptures and archways. He reached an opening where the sun shined on an exposed patch of grass, covered in smashed monuments from a long-forgotten era. Once he crossed that open area, he felt a dizziness and collapsed on the stone road. second part of the contest had now begun. While he was unconscious, Brick's dream avatar had been moved to an unknown part of the castle ruins and it was his job to make his way back to the entrance before anyone else did. He scrambled to his feet and opened the rotten wooden door and sprinted down the corridor, looking around every corner for a familiar landmark. You know how it is when you get lost. You try to find a familiar point of reference to navigate your way back. Am I repeating myself? Oh no, I'm lost in my own rhetoric. What was I saying? Oh no, I I'm lost. Oh no, I'm lost. I need to find some familiar landmark. Hmm, last thing I remember, I was running for the door. I had to find the passage back to the place I was before. Frantically he ran, breathless and exhausted, until he saw the sunlight in the cracked garden he had passed through before. His mind was racing for he didn't see anyone else running around. Had they all finished? Were they still asleep? Were they, you know... <sniffs> he found the hallway he had passed through on his way into the castle, forgot about the Eagles' 1976 album, and raced across the street to the front office. He searched through the rooms and saw ornate collections of gold and onyx, but no people. In one room, he found a cartoonish helmet of blonde hair and tinted goggles and put it on. Suddenly, he started to see people in the rooms, which were now just ordinary offices. Congratulations, they yelled. You won! Was I the first? He asked. No, you were the last, but you were the best. He went down to the bursar's office to redeem his prize, while waiting online with the other contestants. Brick ran into an old classmate of his, a lovely woman with blonde hair, brown eyes, and a wicked sense of humor. Editor's note. Of course, you'd have to meet her to know that, since this is a dream without much dialogue, so you'd just have to trust me. Us. Them? 
They both joked about the ridiculousness of the contest. She told them how they both would have died had he not found that helmet lying around the front office. Caught up in a sudden realization of the fragile, fleeting nature of their directionless lives, they kissed. And what a kiss it was. Obligatory romantic ending that was tacked on to make an otherwise boring story somewhat sexier. Brick woke up and saw Tiger Man standing next to his desk, arms crossed, tapping his paw. Huh? You were supposed to drive me to the vet, Brick. Oops, sorry, must have dozed off. What a dream. It wasn't lame or poorly written in the least. Slate had to take me. Do you have any idea what riding a motorcycle at high speeds does to my fur? No? You don't even want to know, he said as he stormed off. Brick sat at his desk, stunned. I've got to get a job. I can't stand these guys anymore. Will Brick get a job? What was Tiger Man doing at the vet's office? Will Slate continue driving a motorcycle without a license? Will Shadow's next poetry anthology contain any new dirty limericks? And why does everyone in the band hate one another all of a sudden? Stay tuned. This has been the Mike's Effed Up Journey podcast. See you later. Bye-bye. Copyright 2017, Mike's Effed Up Journey.